The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to a guided life podcast where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal, our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. My guest today is Dahlia Brown Shook. Dahlia is a trauma-informed nervous system specialist, medical intuitive, and a psychic healer. Hello, Dahlia. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited for you to be here too. Now, I have to say, as a registered nurse who is also very much in the spiritual space, I'm really excited to talk to you about the medical intuitive stuff because I feel like it's such a great way of combining the two, for me at least. So anyway, I can't wait to dive into that with you. But before we get started, if you can just take us on this journey of who Dolly was as a child, I know it probably seems like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so long, but you know, obviously hit the significant parts, but like as a child to now. Right. Oh, that's such a, so many pieces of the puzzle. Okay. So first, I'm just so excited to be here and be connecting with you because both of us being registered in healthcare fields and also being so spiritual and woo is just such a fun conversation. So I was a super happy, go lucky. I don't know, go lucky. I was very happy child. Although at 12 months old, I had a significant trauma happen and I stopped breathing. And it's actually at that time that already now, now what I know, looking back and learning what I know, I can verbalize this story to you. But there was a moment in time when it's like my soul decided to actually stay on this planet when there was an option to really let me go. And that was at 12 months old. And my mother watched me turn blue. It was very traumatizing for everyone. But I tell you that because that's very much how my journey has been in the sense that from challenges has come the triumphs and through the triumph has come through into being able to really not just support myself, but support others. But it came through trials and tribulations, just as many people's stories do, right? So I was very happy. I was very creative, very much into the somatic arts when we didn't have that terminology back then. My father is a retired neurologist. So I grew up in this medically based model family. And that is what I was raised in. That's what I knew. In every single bathroom in the house, there was a medicine cabinet and there were always medicine. And it's like, if there was an ailment, there was, now I say band-aid for it. Of course, then it was like a cure for it. Mm -hmm. So in the teenage years, just as so many girls go through with hormone changes and other things like that, I ended up getting diagnosed with major depressive disorder and anxiety. And I was put on antidepressants for what would have been like the next 20 to 25 years. And at that time, we thought it was genetic. This was also around the same time that I had, I think, probably one of my very first spiritual awakenings when I was at a yoga retreat with my mother, who always led us down the she was just very intuitive herself, which is actually the genealogy is my mother, my grandmother in terms of like our psychic gifts and psychic abilities. So in that yoga retreat was the first time I ever felt myself floating. 
And I was like, ooh, that's cool. And I have now been able to do that years later. But way back when, I used to try and chase that with actually drugs Ah. (laughs) to try and feel that again. And I say all this because when we come to like the medical intuitive part, what we also have to recognize is that there's a lot of us out there in the healthcare field. And we're also very highly sensitive people. And so we often do go outside ourselves to feel or to quiet the energies that we're experiencing, not realizing that some of what we're experiencing on the inside may not actually belong to us because Mm. we're just so hypersensitive. So it's like Mm -hmm. that intuition piece. Yeah. So later on in life, I found another self-soothing behavior called trichotillomania, which is compulsive hair pulling. And it's one of the components of my life that I'm actually now very grateful for. But because of that path led me down to also getting certified to help that kind of population, individuals, kids and adults that may engage in like hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, depression, anxiety, any kind of neuro atypical things that may get Mm -hmm. in their way. I find that many of those people also are very intuitive and very sensitive with actually superpowers, which is the name of my kid program for any kids and families like that. But through the whole roundabout way, I ended up going back to school and getting my master's degree after I was an artist for about 10 years from my undergrad. So I was an artist doing all of that. I went back to get my master's degree in occupational therapy and I fell in love with healthcare. And I always loved healthcare because my father, I would round with him in the hospitals and I grew up looking at literally brain MRIs and of the skull and of the spinal cord. And he would teach me all of that at a very young age. And so it was very immersed into our life. So as an occupational therapist, I absolutely love what I did. I found healing within myself. I learned about the sensory nervous system, movement, somatics, the gut health, all of the different pieces, the organs of the body, and loved what I did. And so now where we are is I was very happy in that life. And I was making a lot of change in my clients, my patients' lives. And I've worked with everything from like mental health to brain injury to pediatrics to like a lot of different diseases, a lot of autoimmune, just like whole body challenges. In order to stay within my scope of practice, since getting my master's degree and being board certified, I expanded my knowledge base with so much continuing education because I had to make sure that I was qualified to be helping in the way that I knew I was. Again, that's also somewhat limiting because I was always drawn to the woo, the spiritual, the crystals, aromatherapy, movement to really heal from much more not so superficial but much deeper, like healing Mm -hmm. the trauma in your organs. I've always been led into that. Yeah. About four years ago, my now husband reached out to me. We ended up getting married. I moved across the country to where he is now. So we live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I became an online coach. I don't know if that answers, like that's so much. And I'm so sorry. That seemed very lengthy. Yeah. The journey from then to now. (laughs) Through this whole move is when my spiritual gifts came online, so to speak. Mm. And it was almost through trauma that that got activated. And it was this deep remembering of what I was here to do on the planet. And it was so much deeper than my previous training. And so now when I'm working with clients, I can visually see, I've heightened so many psychic gifts that I can visually see, I can feel, I can hear what is in their way. And it could be disease-focused, it could be body-focused, spiritual-focused, and I can't explain it. So that's where we're at today. What year was it that you moved to North Carolina and your senses heightened? 
when so many other people's superpowers came online as well, 2020, in the midst of a pandemic. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> yes. Isn't that wild? Yes. Right? Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Because for me, 2019 was when I started meditating for the first time. And then 2020 was like, boom. Yeah. Spiritual awakening number two really took off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So crazy. I knew that there were forks in the road. I don't know how I knew this, but it was just like, I knew that there was an energy that was happening and I had to make a conscious decision as to whether or not I was going to continue in that straight and narrow healthcare path, Mm -hmm. or if I was going to embrace the way that I was really meant to help people heal. And there's still a bit of a fight inside of me sometimes because I'm like (laughs) evidence-based, but I'm like, oh, but I know this to be true. Yeah. Well, it's just because, you know, the science hasn't quite caught up yet, but it's getting there. Right. My (laughs) husband actually likes to say that faith was the first true science. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And he works in healthcare. Oh, oh, yeah. See, I love that. Okay. So first of all, I wanted to make a quick comment. I took a note here so I wouldn't forget. When you mentioned at 12 months old, how you stopped breathing and everything and you chose to stay. Sylvia Brown taught me that we all have options to leave in our life, these exit points that we can choose to take. So for instance, if somebody has gotten into a bad car accident and survived when they shouldn't have or narrowly missed getting hit by a car, something like that, those were exit points that our soul said, No, not time to go yet. But it's so interesting. It's almost like a cat with nine lives. We're like humans with many lives as well. And it's interesting too, because when I was a kid, I don't know how old I was, but I had a choking experience. I choked on cornbread. I had to have been a toddler, something like that. And I had a cold, so I had a lot of congestion. And my mom was feeding me cornbread and I started choking and I stopped breathing. And they called the ambulance. Mm. And finally, my mom just stuck her finger in my throat, which I know you're not supposed to do a blind sweep. But what it did was it caused me to sorry, TMI, but to throw it up. So I was able to start breathing again. But that's interesting that there's that correlation with me having an experience when I was younger and you too. (laughs) I've heard about near death. Well, I mean, not to say I was near. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could have died, but near death and then having these heightened senses. I don't know. Have you heard about correlation like that before? You know, I have not, but now I am quite curious. Oh, I mean, I have, but I haven't in the last few years. Yeah. So people who've had near-death experiences, a lot of those people who share their story, they come back with heightened awareness, heightened psychic senses. I have heard that, but I never made that connection. I never applied that to my situation before. That's so interesting. You should explore that. (laughs) I am definitely going to explore that. (laughs) Well, I mean, and you also said you had the genealogy already, but I mean, who knows? On so many different sides, even our Jewish lineage goes back to like the spiritual mystics way back when. And I just found that out actually this January. And it was like, this makes so much sense. My grandmother used to say it was the coming together of two great houses and my older brother, who is a historian, finally figured out what that meant. And he was sharing that with me in January. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So it's wild. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Actually, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. And I know that my dad has had experiences. My mom's very sensitive, but we don't really have records because of the Holocaust and everything. We lost records. So that's pretty amazing that your brother was able to find something on your side. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So you said that you can just see, know, feel what's going on with somebody and no explanation, right? Like we don't know, but can you share what a reading is like from your perspective with somebody? Sure. You say it's so interesting to me. I'm like, it's so annoying sometimes <laughs> because I have these telltale places in my body mm-hmm. And one is like right under my left rib that I mm. always feel. And it usually has to do with intense emotion that somebody else is experiencing. And that's where I will feel it. I think that's where your spleen is. And I believe it is the spleen. It's interesting. So in a reading yeah. or in a session with a client, what that looks like is I'll get this like sixth sense of exactly what they need to do. And it's up to them whether or not they follow it. So it'll be like either a sense or a feeling inside my body where like my knee will start to ache and my body usually feels pretty good. And so if it randomly unexpectedly comes up, I will then ask them about something and different parts of the body hold different energies. And usually we can track them back to like childhood wounds and what I have watched happen with my clients because I have a number of different programs for adults as well is they will start to notice that when we dive into the energetics and the emotions behind it, which for me, it can feel heavy. I can feel hot. It's like palpable on my side of things. Mm. And that's virtually. I've heard so many practitioners and they don't like virtual. And I'm like, you know what? It's really interesting because I can still sense it. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I verbalize it... And they get to digest it. Usually my pain goes away pretty immediately. And I'm like, yep, that was it. (laughs) Other times it'll be like a message Uh that I keep hearing over and over and over. And if I don't say it, my guides, whoever, whatever (laughs) is, it will get louder and louder and more obnoxious. And I'm like, fine. And sometimes that means me reaching out to a friend or something. And I'm like, hey, I'm getting the sense that something is really going on with you. Or it would really benefit you to sign up for this program, whatever it may be. And usually I'm very accurate. And when I'm in person with people, what that looks like is very Reiki, where through my hands, I can concentrate the energy and sense and have this esoteric abstract feeling. But then what I end up doing is I will go into people's Akashic records when they approve that, but I will just get visuals. I was working on one person. I remember it's like the throat chakra, but it was more of like the vocal cords. So what happens to me is I will see like the systems in the body. So I feel when I am with someone in person, it feels very much like energetic surgery is what it really, really feels like. And I feel like I can go into somebody and tinker around and move my fingers in a way of like conducting light language and movement energy to help reorganize what is happening inside. My hands are like all this movement that is going on and it can clear and I will see colors. That was probably a lot, but there's a lot that goes into it that I don't ever really verbalize. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No wonder it's annoying to you because you feel physical sensations like discomfort. (laughs) I mean, you can't deny it, but I think that that would annoy me too. (laughs) Well, no, it's funny because when I was younger, in my 20s, when I was engaging in hair pulling and I was depressed and I was like anxious and on different medications... I knew there was something going on. And even though I went to the professionals and they couldn't find anything really wrong with me, and then they sent me back to psychiatry saying it was psychosomatic. Now I know it's the same kind of feeling. It's also very similar to when I have dairy. It's that same kind of feeling sometimes. And so that just also tells me that dairy for me will muck up my internal channels in order to be a clear channel. And that's often what I help my clients with 
I have a program for the change makers of the world, the healers, the helpers to regulate their bodies and their nervous system and their spirituality so that they can continue doing their own work without getting burnt out or overwhelmed. Ooh, that's important stuff there. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's so important. And we just don't realize the connection of all the different moving pieces Mm -hmm. that can also help us be more intuitive with our own body because we already know what to do. It may be sticky or mucked up. And some of that could be mucked up from the energies of other people that you're taking on, not realizing that what you're experiencing may not all be yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people get sucked into this trap of burnout. Oof, yeah. So if somebody were to come to you, well, well let me ask this way. Why would somebody come to see a medical intuitive? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. I don't usually lead with medical intuitive. It's more like I can help you heal your physical body, Mm -hmm. your emotional cognition because of my background with brain injury and cognition and mental health. So a lot of mindset that's like in layman's terms. And then the spiritual piece of the energy work and the breath work and all of the energetic pieces that people also will discount So I make it very tangible. I don't ever really say medical intuitive because people are like, what's that? I'm a holistic health coach. That's what I will tell people. And they're like, okay, they seem to understand what that means, even though I don't think people really understand what I do because I think what I do is so beyond just specific labels. Got it. Yeah. I mean, and it's probably intuitively led. We like labels. (laughs) As humans, we like Mm -hmm. labels. I love labels. Right? (laughs) (laughs) It just helps to compartmentalize and explain what something is without having to explain it. But I think what it sounds like is somebody comes to you because they need help with something and you're able to see if that's something that you help them with emotionally or physically or mentally. And then from there, those different tools and abilities come through. Absolutely. So it's like when people come to see me, they will usually come to see me because either they know my journey and they know what I've overcome and they want to be guided by somebody Mm -hmm who can facilitate that kind of change with the science and the spiritual who's undergone it themselves, because I actually walk the walk. I don't just talk about it and then not engage in all of the different practices that I teach my clients. But usually when people find me, they're either frustrated or disappointed. They are overwhelmed with either their emotional health or something physical inside of their body and that they've tried everything and it hasn't worked or they've been trying spirituality or Reiki and breathwork and acupuncture and those kind of holistic things. And Maybe they've gone to their doctors, but it's not enough. And I am able to really take, it's one of my zones of genius of taking a hot mod podge of like all the different moving pieces, all the different puzzle pieces that may seem a little fragmented to most people. I'm able to see where the missing pieces are so that that can come back together so that somebody is more in alignment with who they are, who they are meant to be, because you can't be in alignment if you're also struggling with dis-ease inside the body. It makes it really, really challenging. Yes, you can be, but it's an added layer of difficulty. And that can often get in the way of the good work that people are supposed to do. Many people will come to me just because they're tired or they have high cholesterol or high cortisol. And they want to get that down because they know that they're operating from a place of hyper control and they got all their (laughs) stuff together and everything is lined up in a row and it's working great. But at the end of the day, they are exhausted when they go to bed and not in a great way. It's like something is unbalanced and they don't know what. So I hear you using the word 
dis-ease. And I've heard that before, and I actually really like that play on the word of disease. Can you share with the listener what you mean by that? Absolutely. A lack of homeostasis within the body. I mean, I get that. I know what that means. No, I know you do. So for the layman's terms, that's what I would totally say. But dis-ease is when, honestly, chemical overload, lack of stress management, body fatigue, poor diet, poor mindset has finally taken over the body and you have a high inflammatory rate, which is now coming out in the form of any kind of inflammation, any kind of itises, inflammations. This could be muscle pain, tendon pain, brain pain, which can then look like emotional distress, anxiety, high blood pressure, cortisol, can look like hormone imbalances. Mm. That's a big one. People's cycles getting all messed up. These are the different ways that it can actually look with dis-ease. And it's almost always tied also to an emotional connection to something, even though we may not know exactly what it is. And there's anger and there's frustration. And what we don't realize is that almost everybody now carries around a certain level of dis-ease because we've all gone through a global pandemic with high cortisol, stress, massive fear, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of foundations of safety, food, water, shelter, life was challenged and threatened. And not only that, we have a global history now of knowing the number of people that are dying on a daily basis, hour by hour by hour. There's nothing more greater that can create dis-ease in the body. And when people don't manage the emotions and the fears that came from that along with this collective stress about it, we internalize that into our organs. So the organs get traumatized and you may gain some weight. What that looks like is because the fat around your organs is meant to protect your organs. So if you are stressed or have toxic exposure or poor diet or lifestyle, like I said, or a family genetic history or generational trauma, that gets stored. And over time, it accumulates. And when it is not neutralized, it will come out in dis-ease. It may look like just fatigue to start off with or a short fuse or anger. And it's like living in that state of fight or flight and not being able to reset the nervous system and really come back to a Mm -hmm. level playing field, which would be known as homeostasis. So I know on your website that you have ways that people can get in touch with you to work with you if this feels like the path that they need to go for their healing and to get in tune with what's going on with themselves. Is there anything else that you offer besides those things that you mentioned? I always have. You follow me on social media on Instagram at holistic.medical.healing or you get onto my email list. You will see I'm always putting out different one-off offers, but typically I love watching people transform. So I don't offer individual sessions so much unless somebody is coming in and wanting to tweak their supplements and get kinesiological testing with that. And I can do one-offs for that or Akashic readings which some people really love. But I love watching somebody transform and that takes time. And so the easiest way, I have a free three brain optimization toolkit that when you go to my website, 
you can sign up for. Part one is energy work and breath work. The next part is movement medicine, where I will guide people through my own blended modalities of all the different modalities that I am trained in from like breath to Tai Chi to strength and to really go through the meridian energies and the chakras and to really help you align that to come back to connect connected to your higher self. And then the last portion of that is gut health for mental health. And it has a shopping guide. So that's something free that people can get. What I'm really most passionate about right now is this Embody Your Wealth program for the healers, the coaches, the CEOs to learn their specific unique blueprint on what's going to help them regulate their body, their mind, their spirit throughout the day so that they can continue to show up when life happens and how to do it for them. Because what I say is that it's not a one size fits all. That's why each of my programs is uniquely designed to hit people where they're at because everybody's on a different place and requires different tools. And I have all different kinds of platforms where people have access to so many different tools. And it takes a multimodality approach and a multidimensional approach. Yes, I love it. You're like a one-stop shop. You had mentioned earlier guides. Do you work a lot with your guides? And what's your take on guides? Oh, so I've seen them. I have met them. I have heard from them. Mm. I've had different ones throughout my life. And what I do on a daily basis is I tap into my guides and I do energy work on myself to make sure that I am as connected as I can be so that I can be intuitively guided and led throughout the day. I don't do it perfect by any means whatsoever. And there are days that I will miss. And those days that I miss, it's like, ooh, I'm not feeling as literally connected. For me, I've worked with different guides at different times depending on what I have really gone into. But it's for me, it's a lot of medicine woman energy Mm. and a lot of light and a lot of love. Every single time people have gone into either my records for me or seeing my guides, it's always like a big bright light. Like it's a lot of light. Wow. (laughs) And it just tells me that there's a lot of love. I think there's a lot of knowledge I think there's a lot of wisdom. That is why I do tap in regularly because the guidance that I get is often beyond what I have been traditionally trained in. And so by doing that, I am able to access more. What was it like seeing your guides? Oh, it's very welcoming. The energy is just peaceful, warm, supportive, There's always an aura. There's always a glow. And it's more of like an essence that I can see and feel. And it just takes over. And it takes over in a very positive grounding way, which then reminds me, which is what I remind my clients, is that we are a soul within this 3D human body. And it's human body that is experiencing a lot of the woes and the pains and the challenges and the tribulations. And you're having that emotional response to it through your cognitive intellectual brain. When we can be reminded and learn how to protect our energetic boundaries, which is what I do a lot in Embody Wealth, protect our energetic boundaries so that we can be stronger within ourselves. Because when we do take on other people's energies, we realize we get disconnected. And this is all about remembering who we are and who we are meant to be. What was that experience like when you first met your guides? Like, how did you know that's who (laughs) it was? That's so funny. When I'm guiding people spiritually, I'm like, just ask, (laughs) just ask. 
is there anything I need to know? What is your name? Just ask questions. So literally, I'm like, are you a guide? They're actually quite funny. And they were sarcastic with me. And I was like, I don't know if I believe you. And it was a very comical (laughs) back and forth. And then it was very much like, nice to see you again. Nice to meet you. That kind of energy. (laughs) And then I was able to just really quiet my mind and listen. That's when a lot of channeling messages come through, a lot of downloads. Mm. And at that time, it was very much my guides telling me to really embrace this goddess medicine woman energy Mm. that I'm not crazy. (laughs) That's actually where it started. That's nice. Were you meditating? Were you folding laundry? Like, (laughs) when did that come to you? No, so it was intentional. No, that's a great question. Ah. It was intentional. (laughs) At different times, at different places, every time I would go into a deep meditation or into an Akashic Mm. Records, my own or something like that, each time I went in, it came through much faster. But it started when I was quiet. It started when I was just being. Mm, I see. Not trying to do anything. And now there can be like a constant chitter chatter. Yeah, exactly. So did you have an experience as a child where you now realize that it was either a guy that visited you or an angel that actually visited you? And I'm only asking because I'm being inclined. Angels have visited me. It's funny. Angels have always visited me. I don't know if I ever identified it, except that my childhood best friend, all through elementary school into the beginning of middle school, her name was Angel. And I never would have thought anything about it. And I don't necessarily think she was actually a guide, but I think it was just this heightened awareness throughout my entire life. Like figure eights have always been a thing, which now in the neuro world is like crossing midline to help your cerebellum and your corpus callosum communicate better. But there was always that repetition of numbers. I think actually the first guy that I knew was my grandmother and I met her when I was born. But I know that I met her in other lifetimes. My mother and I have always also been together for many lifetimes. And she and I figured that out probably when I was a teenager. But probably my grandmother was the first one I knew now that I really think about it. And she is currently, I know, one of my guides. And every single time I've had mediumships or anything else like that, without fail, every single person, I feel a grandmother Mm. coming in. I'm like, yep, that's my grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's strong, huh? (laughs) She is powerful, which is funny because my mother and I have had conversations that my mother's been so proud of me for stepping into my intuition and my psychic gifts because she tried but never found the community to help support her in doing that. And my Mm. grandmother quieted all of her gifts, but my great-grandmother would have people come to her home and she would read their tea leaves and tell them their future, which as a psychic, you're really not supposed to do that, but whatever. I mean, Um, rule schmool. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just interesting how it's all happened. Yeah, that is. So how great is it for you to be the voice for them in a way and to really embrace these gifts that were passed down? And it must be so great for your grandma now to play a part in it when she wasn't able to in life. She shows up quite a bit. And the more I have dived into my psychic gifts the more she comes through in lots of different dreams. And she's been very active the last like nine months actually in my dreams. Mm. But I think it is absolutely beautiful because now when I tap in, I feel that maternal energy and I can just see women of generations supporting the mission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I just ask, because it keeps replaying in my mind, Does rose mean anything to you, the flower or the word? 
My grandmother's name was Rosie. Rose. <laughs> this one we're talking about? Yes, this is the one we're talking about. Yes, welcome. She is probably with us. <laughs> so I love roses. I love the smell. Oh. And if we have a daughter, I would name her Rosie. And just so you know how beloved she was, I have three older brothers and my two brothers who had girls, either the first name or the middle name is Rose in some form or another. Yep, she is strong. That's yes. fantastic. Thank you, Rose. Well, Dahlia, to help wrap up this amazing interview, I was wondering if you had a message to share with the listener, a timeless message for the time that they hear this episode. When people are on their healing journeys, your body cannot be neglected in that journey. So many people will go on an ascension pathway and in that journey, the body is going to get sick because you're elevating your consciousness and you're elevating your vibration. And the body is going to have to get supported at the new level that you're going to and that you're wanting to reach. And it's going to look different than what it used to. And the message is for people to understand and remember that it is okay, that it's a new level. And if your old tools don't work, that's why you have to keep really up-leveling your own toolbox as well. And that's where holistic medical healing really comes in is so that people can support their body, their mind, and their spirit in this journey that they have on this planet at this time. Such an important message because like you said, we're on this planet at this time. We have to still human, right? So we have to take care of this vessel. So thank you so much, Dahlia, for that message and for your time and for sharing your story with us today. I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.